Yeah, what up, Holmes? <laughs> Gonna blow my nose, sorry. Oh. Okay. No. I was just uh, sneezing up a storm myself. We are like Leopold Bloom and Stephen Daedalus, <laughs> thinking about the same things at the same time of the day, or sneezing. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I'm not that far in the book, Nash. <laughs> Well, we're already in this chapter. We're already setting up one of those correspondences, and I guess I'll just have to put a pin in it, and then we'll get to it in uh, the fifth episode. Um, we'll see. You'll all see. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's cool. I didn't know that. That's exciting. Um, yeah, something to look forward to. This episode was pretty short. It was shorter. I I think it was yes. shorter than the first one. I think it's the shortest. Okay. There's not that much to say when yeah, you're it's kinda, an old man. You know, it comes down maybe to what I'm assuming is deliberate based on what I've read, making sort of uh, petty events and mundane things correlate to the epic stuff that happens in the Odyssey. Is that kind of the point of wandering with Stephen um, through his day or... Well, not the point, uh, but you know what I mean. Is that, is that a lot of it? But that's, so that's something that's being done, yeah. And yeah. I mean, some of that's just being done by Stephen Daedalus's wandering brain right. uh, throughout the day. Just kind of, he himself does that. Yeah. Um, you know, talking to a milk, milk lady and seeing her as an image of Ireland <laughs> or, you know, uh, what we have here. Right. Um, so yeah, do you just want to jump on, jump on right in? Yes, I um, do. Steven is at school slash work, um, teaching some kids about some boring history shit. Um, <laughs> okay. That is the, by the way, to give the, the Gilbert, the Stuart Gilbert gloss, that is the uh, art of this episode. Oh, I'll, I'll run through that. Okay. Stephen Gilbert gloss. Uh, so this is called, Qua Stephen Gilbert, the Nestor chapter, which makes a lot of sense when we're, we'll make a lot of sense when we get into it. Seeing obviously the school, it's about 10 a.m., 10 to 10.30, maybe to 11. Um, the art is history, of course. The symbol, as you'll have noticed, was horse. And the technique is, or the technique is catechism, but personal. Uh, so that's what, um, what he means by that is like all these, you know, Stephen is like quizzing the students and then DC is like, uh, what does he say? Like exchanging lances or whatever, exchange jousting or that's Stephen says jousting. Um, but yeah, uh, sparring with the youngsters or whatever. Um, so yeah, in both of those cases, both of those are, uh, you know, incidences of, a kind of catechistic back and forth. Uh, um, personal catechism, because it's just like a person to person. We'll get at the uh, penultimate episode, or maybe the third to last, I forget. Um, we'll get a kind of impersonal catechism, which is presented um, almost not in like a narrative structure, uh, but we'll get to that. We have that to look forward to in the 16th or 17th or something episode. Um, the, uh, history itself, 
is boring classical stuff. There is one uh, kind of at the beginning for me. It's like line twenty-four. One like uh, interesting little Joycean pinprick uh, when he talks about a sweetened boy's breath, well-off people. Proud that their eldest son is in the navy. Vico Road, Balky. So, like that's where whoever this is, Armstrong lives or whatever. Um, but Vico is a historic. He wrote something called the New Science of History in like the 17th or 18th centuries. It's an Italian uh, semi-heretical, I think, uh, philosopher, theorist. Um, and he had this theory of history that um, every civilization kind of goes through four, goes through cycles that include four stages, uh, kind of like classical, like uh, era of heroes down to like a, or, or maybe even, uh, I forget exactly, <laughs> but there's like an era of heroes, there's like an aristocratic age, then there's a democratic age, and then there's chaos, and then everything starts again. Um, and as history, it's bunk, obviously, <laughs> um, but as like a way of looking at the cycles of, of, of you know, of, of just like as a way of looking at things, uh, Joyce obviously finds it very interesting because it is the model of Finnegan's Wake. Um, so, yeah, this, it seems like a very, uh, beside the point, just like this kid probably lives on like the rich street. The Vico Road Dalky is um, a reference to not just like any historian, but a his, uh, you know, uh, like I said, it's called the new science of history, so I don't know exactly. Uh, it's not scientific at all. Um, but yeah, a, a theorist of history whom Joyce uh, at least uh, found interesting. So hold on, um, let me make sure I understand. So Vico Road, is that the name of a place? That's a real place. Okay. Yeah, that's a real place in Dalkey, which is a neighborhood okay. or like a suburb of Dublin. I mean, they're all probably by now suburbs of Dub, like official suburbs of Dublin. And you're saying you know, cities just kind of expand out. You're saying a historian. But I mean, that that that, that, that was picked. Um, yeah, like I said, it's kind of like a little Joycean pinprick, uh, very much the Joycean method of just, um, yeah, uh, almost subliminally putting putting that information out there or naming that person. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's so rich with all this kind of stuff like that it, it, stuffed into the yeah. book. You know what I mean? Where it's rereading Would really not necessarily prick at you if you didn't know Vico or hadn't read Vinnegan's Wake or well, no, that anything. wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. like rereading and the George stuff. George always bragged about how he left little things like that, little Easter eggs like that. So many of those that it would leave the scholars working forever. Well, I was going to say, um, rereading it is uh, somewhat accurate. Rereading it is almost like a requirement, I would say, uh, for me. Anyway, I mean, yeah. because you get the sense, you like, you can figure out what he's saying when you reread it way better. At least I do. Um, and yeah. the, and the 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 si- aside thoughts, like the thing about uh, the Aristotle phrase that stuck in his head. When you reread it, yeah. you know, it kind of like it hits you a little different yeah. at least, to me. Actuality uh, of the possible as possible. Yeah, and the, uh, you know how how history kind of uh, clenches into place for him. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the question of history and yeah. and what what's possible and what um what could have happened. What could have happened. Everything is jammed in a room with the infinite things that other other alternatives that could have happened or however he puts it. Mm-hmm. I forget exactly where that is, uh, but somewhere in here. Um, you said it almost yeah. right, almost exactly right. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> his um his catechism going back to the the back and forth of the kids in between his thoughts. Mm-hmm. He seems a bit awkward with the yeah. kids. Would you agree with that? Yeah, he he doesn't seem like I mean as as DC says he's not long for the teaching world. Um, <laughs> he's like uh, right. he doesn't seem he like a soul enough. enough. <laughs> yeah, he likes him like he doesn't. Yeah, he's, he, he's not mean. You know what I mean? He's not a cruel. Yeah, guy. He's like he's sympathetic to that the like kind of dumb people. Um, the the one who comes up afterwards. Yeah. Um. That was that, that was an interesting little little moment. That kid who comes who's sent up to him uh, to to go over the figures. Um, Can you do them yourself? Stephen says. For me, this is like line one thirty seven. No, sir. Ugly and futile. <laughs> Lean neck and thick hair and a stain of ink. A snail's bed. Yet someone had loved loved him, borne him in her arms and in her heart. So he's still going on. Uh, remember, there was so much of the, the talk about the mother, right. his mother in the first chapter, and that's kind of, he's still going on about, or it's still like stuck in his brain, um, going on about mothers. Um, but for her, the race of the world would have, tra- but for her, the race of the world would have trampled him underfoot, a squashed, boneless snail. Um yeah, that is having worked <laughs> with children. Uh, yeah, it's hard not to think sometimes. Like uh, some of them, just—I mean, I'm sure they have you know plenty of talents outside of the classroom. But it's just like this is—you shouldn't be here. <laughs> you just should not be being taught algebra. There's nothing in it for you. Right. Um, that's how I felt. Speaking of algebra, algebra. That's how his his. Um, so I was saying that his thoughts are kind of going east as Leopold Bloom's will at, a, you know, sometime between 10 and 11. Um, across the page, the symbols, this is for me 150-something, 155. Across the page, the symbols moved in grave Morris in the mummery of their letters, wearing quaint caps of, of squares and cubes. Give hands traverse, bow to partner, so. Imps of fancy of the Moors, gone too from the world, Averroes and Moses Maimonides, dark men in Mian and movement, flashing in their mocking mirrors the obscure soul of the world, a darkness shining in brightness which brightness could not comprehend. This kind of um, esoterical knowledge brought out by the mathematicians, a darkness shining in brightness which brightness could not comprehend. Um, this uh, yeah, the the Moorish Moorish dancing of those numbers. Um, yeah, that 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 is a kind of recurring image. The the Moorish dance. There will actually be a Moorish dance uh, in a certain. Uh, there's one episode later that kind of brings together, ties together, finishes all of these little threads and um, ties them off at the end. A couple of them off at the end. Um, there will be a Moorish dance and, uh, flashing in their mocking mirrors. Um, yeah, that will also be like an image that recurs and gets resolved in that, 
chapter to come, that hmm. episode to come. Um, so yeah, keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, that, that idea of just like the, the pulling out the esoterical, I mean, uh, numerology has always been, I mean, mathematics is always, you know, uh, or was, was brought out by, or yeah, it, it, it's next door neighbors to numerology. It is this kind of esoterical abstract knowledge that isn't, you know, necessarily just, you can't look at trees and know algebra. Um, it is, it's like, uh, unnatural extension of the natural world, this kind of abstraction of the natural world. Um, and yeah, uh, Stephen Daedalus's affection for the, for the esotericals coming back again. He proves by algebra that Shakespeare's ghost is Hamlet's grandfather, remembering that from the first part. Do you think he loves the obscure kind of stuff like that because he understands it or be, and, and no one else and, and other people can't? Or um, what do you think he sees in that? Probably a little bit of that. Okay. Um, I mean, some of it is kind of, I think for Joyce, some of that is kind of getting at what I was getting at. I, I, I think in our in, intro intro uh, a couple weeks ago, I was talking about like, um, he's like a post-Catholic but there's still some, you know, fairy dust rumbling around in his brain. Um, so he, him, and, and I definitely think of it in, in relation to Yates, um, you know, living in, in, in a, a kind of post-belief milieu, but also still having like the tuggings of still sometimes seeing fairies in the bush or whatever. Um, there's still like, they, like they're kind of, uh, at once, not you know, dogmatic believers in the Catholic supernatural, but they're not un- they're not dogmatic unbelievers in the supernatural. They're still like you know that 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 uh, jiggling in the paint can. There's still that little little click clacking of of something. For for Yates, it kind of takes different forms over different times. Um, a kind of like occultism actually uh he would go to seances and stuff there's a lot kind of outside of his work that um he sometimes felt unable to put in his work because uh yeah it might be alienating (laughs) um maybe perhaps a little bit less extreme with joyce but he was still like superstitious about thunder he was still like literally like childishly afraid of thunder even as like a 50 year old man um so yeah, there's still like a little bit of that. So so like freed from the constraints of like actual Jesuit dogmatism, uh, but also like, uh, <laughs> sorry, there's like a frog or something nearby that's calling. Um, but yeah, uh, he he also I mean he, Joyce still said that to 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 live in the real world is to be bounded about by mystery or something like that. I forget the exact quote. Um, but yeah, he felt like the world was kind of rimmed with mystery. Um, and so yeah, that, that, that is going to naturally come into, uh, into his writing and into Stephen Daedalus at least. And into like the metempsychosis of, uh, characters and, uh, the metempsychosis as, as, as just like a, an image throughout the, the book. Which I don't know if again again it, 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 I I don't know just like with the Vico stuff I don't know if he like literally believed in it, um, but yeah it at least at least uh, tickled him at least like tingled 
uh, tingled somewhere within reading Isis Unveiled by Vladivatsky, uh, definitely like awakened something, um, which perhaps might have just been laughed at by someone who was a more devout atheist or, yeah, like a more simple unbeliever. Um, except for the kid sergeant who's yeah, that's a good getting, question. who's who's uh getting help. Everybody else went to play hockey. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's like a half kind game. of uh, right, which he did not know about apparently or <laughs> yeah, wasn't they prepared did. for. They told him he is not somebody who like uh really looks at his calendar every day and yeah and <laughs> really knows. And the kids weren't surprised really. Right. Yeah, um, he he asked him what. It seems like they're used they to. It's like yeah, it seems like they're used to like having to remind him of things and him not really being a hundred percent engaged or half engaged or something. Yeah. So in the background, uh, you know, the the sound of kids playing hockey, I guess, is uh, yeah. resounding. And there's some correspondence to Ulysses where. When uh, Telemachus goes to visit Nestor, who's the first person that he visits, um, I think he's directly uh, guided to Nestor, or maybe just told by Athena to go visit Nestor. Um, these, or Nestor sends along like some deputy to go with him. Um, that's kind of like bathically uh, correlated to Mr. Deasy sending this kid to come up and confer with him afterwards, after class, um, in this case, just about math that he doesn't get. Uh, do you want to go to the wise advice of Mr. Deasy? Yes, Mr. Deasy. The old Tory asshole. The uh, head of the school, <laughs> well, I don't Yes. And he's Schoolmaster, got... something like 80-year-old guy, uh correspondence to Nestor again, the wise old man that Athena gets sends uh, Telemachus to. Okay. Uh, but again, there's a bathic correspondence here because um, wise old Nestor, yeah, his his advice is uh, uh, useless. <laughs> <laughs> his advice and his anti-Semitic jokes are just like, cool, man. Uh, you pay my salary. <laughs> I can't. And also, you seem it just seems useless to argue. So, I'll just say cryptic things uh, while you talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's rather awkward. Um, he gets some advice about money yeah. first, so right. he gets paid, and I guess Mr. DZ senses maybe I don't know. I can't. I can't even tell if Mr. DZ's talking to him as someone that he knows or if he just rambles and that happened to be what he was talking about, you know, uh, yeah, saving half money. Half one, half of the other. Saving money is important. Yeah. Putting it in, he uh, recommends that he gets like the little like organizer, which mine would often be empty, or sorry, mine would be often empty, Stephen said. Um, this little like machine that organizes his pounds and sixpence and pennies or half crowns or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so we do find out yeah, that he has debts, which I guess is interesting, right? Stephen has debts. Yeah, we um, have this whole list of debts. 
uh, Mulligan, nine pounds, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> we don't need to go through. No, but um, yeah, the the money call, or at least Stephen reads as shells, which will be as you've read Proteus, you'll you'll see that the shell as an image, kind of husk of, uh, yeah, it's just kind of husk. Uh, we'll we'll come back. Um, but yeah, uh, hollow shells, he calls them. Uh, symbols soiled by greed and misery. Um, symbols once of, of, of beauty and power, but now a lump in my pocket. Symbols soiled by grief and misery, greed and misery. Um, yeah, which will be flattened down by the end into just coins. The coins of like the shadowy coins created by the, the leaf work around the, the school. Um, you want to talk about history? Um, Easy is like, uh, has seen three generations come and go, uh, since like the famine or since like the first up, you know, uh, calls for, for an Irish nation, um, at least in his lifetime, because there were calls before, <laughs> um, as, uh, yeah, the sea's ruler, his his sea-cold eyes looked on the empty bay. It seems history is to blame on me and on my words, on hating. So yeah, Stephen, uh, yeah, like, uh, feels like this uh, cold, indifferent oppression of history. Now, can we define Tory real quick? Is he a Tory in the sense that he's loyal to Britain? Is that what that means? Uh, I think Tory, kind of that, but um, uh, like kind of more generally, just like a conservative. Yeah, yeah. somebody just okay. doesn't want to change things for the better. Okay. Um, because it confused me a bit reading this about how he was so concerned about the English, uh, you know, the English situation as a as a nation, and they're in Dublin, so. And but then he talks about being pro-Irish, or at least proud of being Irish, right? So that kind of confused me. Um, I mean, there's some Irishers that are also yeah. So there's no contradiction. Uh, I mean, there, there right? are a lot of happy collaborators, you know. Yeah, so that's just his politics, I guess. But he is Going Irish. Back. Okay. Yeah. I it just felt like he was trying to justify himself, almost. You know what I mean? To uh, maybe a young whippersnapper, Stephen, who he senses to be yeah. more. Progressive or something? I mean, he yeah. calls him Athenian, which would be a uh, one of the Catholic revolutionaries. Yeah, again, it's, it feels like he's the recent years. He's just like this with everybody, almost. You know, Mister Deasy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a uh, yeah, a kind of unsensing, unempathetic. Just yeah, just this is probably how he talks to thirteen year olds, also. Right. Um, Maybe he would talk differently to somebody with more authority than him but yeah anybody lower on the on the totem pole so he has he has an editorial <laughs> there's this there's this funny moment there's this funny before we get to the okay. the uh bullet befriending bard um there's this funny moment uh as 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 like a little bit of a shakespeare dork myself um 
it's funny whenever people quote like oh yeah they'll quote some like pseudo inspiring words from like Edmund in King Lear or from Macbeth himself right. or from Iago or from like Hotspur. I, as somebody in college, I could never really be friends with him because his favorite quotation was this quote from Hotspur. And I'm like, you fucker. <laughs> That's funny. Even, did you read the fucking play or did you just see it on a poster? Um, yeah. But yeah, similarly for me, line 238, if you but know, but what did, what does Shakespeare say? Put but money in thy purse. Iago, Stephen <laughs> So yeah, when, when he's quoting uh, maybe the, 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 the worst person in Shakespeare, like, at least in the writing. Um, to store, you save up your money. Um, good financial advice from Shakespearean villains. Uh, yeah, that's funny. That was funny. Um, who are in this room surrounded by pictures of horses, which is such an old guy thing. Um, and it's such like a history thing. There's all those important history moment horses from history that, you know, by now it's like owning a, and riding a horse is like just for you know wealthy like Romneys <laughs> for like uh, dressage people like weird debutante shit. Um, yeah, horses. Even then, it was kind of a thing of the past. Um, I mean, in Portrait of the Artist, he's, like, taking the train and stuff. It's not, you know, taking the local train. Um, yeah, that is even even, even just, like, the pictures of, on, on his wall are, like, uh, stodgy with history or stodgy in history. Um, you want to get to the editorial or are there other things, too? We, I want to quote that quote, which I think I uh, attempted to quote last episode, where he said, a, he hears the kids outside playing, and he says, I am among them, among mm -hmm. their battling bodies in a melody, the joust of life, which you brought up earlier. Um, yeah, this kind of flux that he imagines. Yeah, that's a great quote. You know, he's inside his head yeah. thinking all these uh, uh, sophisticated things, or at least associated things that are more interesting than what's actually going on and then uh and then mr dz's okay. like oh i have a foot and mouth disease editorial <laughs> what the heck? he's sitting there like what yeah okay um you know the very, inside of his head is so much more practical minded yeah uh he kind of like like reads through it foot and mouth disease none of conscious preparation chairman virus percentage of salted horses etc etc i don't need to read all that um yeah, so this will this will keep coming up because uh, he takes a letter about. Um, yeah, uh, Mr. DC uh, is like trying to whip up a campaign to like fix the horses or something. Uh, make sure no fix the so the horse mouth doesn't get into the. You know, uh, farms, I guess. Yeah, uh, um, he's he's being obtuse and he's acting like it makes total sense. You know what I mean? 
that's kind of the I guess the funny part about it. Um, he says, yeah, he "I don't, like I don't mince words, do I?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, you kind of do. Uh, go on and on without explaining it. Uh, again, it's it's hard to even know what he's talking about. He's bit, like you said, foot and mouth disease, and he's he knows somebody that has an Austrian cure. Yeah, there's like a cattle doctors know how to cure it. There. And do you have experience with this where people, like, when you were worked at a newspaper, did anyone ever come up to you wanting you to put stuff in the paper? I mean, I guess Stephen vaguely knows edi- yeah, editors. Thankfully. Yeah, he knows too, kind of. Yeah, like, why would you, Anyway, I guess that's the reason he's given it to him. Uh, for some reason, he, he he senses that Stephen could get it in the paper. Um, yeah, he has his literary friends. Right. Yeah, you know, that's, I don't know how to put this, but basically it's almost like dismissing, dismissing who Stephen is. You know, it's like, it's like an artist if you, uh, or I don't know, it's like, yeah, it is oh, you you have literary it's friends like, here, let me RPK. use you to put a foot and mouth disease yeah. editorial in the paper. What are you talking about? That's not yeah. appropriate. <laughs> so give me, give me, give me 20 years, I'll be writing you with you, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, well, then, yeah, we get to the Jews. Let's talk about the Jews. Okay. England is in the hands of the Jews. Uh, this will get more tal- or more important when we meet Leopold. Uh, but, yeah, this kind of ambient anti-Semitism um, just kind of floating around. Um in all the highest places, her, fi- her finance, I almost said fiancé, her finance, her press, and they are the sign of a nation's decay, whether they gather, blah, blah, blah. What's interesting to me is when he says they sinned against the light, and then down below, Stephen says, who has not? Right. What do you mean? This is the he's not following. History, Stephen said, is a nightmare from which I am trying to awake. This kind of like dead grass of history. Um, he feels the dead grass of like Irish history. Um, but I mean, just in this chapter, we're talking about like, you know this 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 clump, this like accumulation. 279 BC. These kind of uh, dates. The the historians, you know, uh, what what historians work with, just like dates and names and battles. These kind of you know uh, vital events. These these events that at one point these people at one point you know living things jousting the jousting flux of life um, now kind of obviously proud of that um and yeah Stephen feels the and joyce definitely felt the kind of oppressive dead hand of of the past on on his shoulder um the 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 dead hand of of the the the, the limitations of, of of irish history so i know i know i guess the the character leopold bloom is jewish correct Yes. So, when we're talking about the anti-Semitism, uh, being, it's something he'll face. Being, yeah, it's something he'll face, and you said it was like the ambiance of the book, right? I mean, so. What, well, there, I mean, just there is an um, like a, like a background anti-Semitism to, you know, just your average Roman Catholic Irish person. Okay. 
And was is Joyce? What? What? I guess what I'm asking is: is there a re- rhyme or reason? Is it? Is it related to the Odyssey, uh, and the character why he picked a Jewish? Oh man. Okay. Uh, there's a lot there. I'm sure there is. Uh, I, hate, I hate asking dumb questions. I think questions, we'll build but... up. Let's let's say let's say we'll build up to it because okay. we haven't met Leopold yet. No. So I don't want to. I don't want to. Let's yeah. Let's let's keep talking about that. Okay. Um, there's a lot there about like fraternity and about like I mean the Jews were like the you know uh, came before the Christians and um, yeah that a lot a lot tied to the to the to the East. Um, which, which, which Joyce was always interested in. Stephen's interested in, in pulled towards the east, like I said. Um, but yeah, let's get into that when we talk about Bloom. That's a good question. Okay. Um, that Joyce would pick a, uh, I think Hungarian <laughs> Jewish person, uh, who has like, um, I mean, we'll talk about it, but like he's, 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 taken on and uh, sloughed off both, both Protestantism and Catholicism. Um, he is a serial uh, lay, lay person or a serial, um, I, yeah, I wouldn't say lay, like, yeah, just like a, a serial, not necessarily even renounce, renouncing of those religions, just kind of, just kind of losing them. Mm-hmm. The non-practitioner. Um, they'll even just go to a church just, just casually. Uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, he's, 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 uh, there's a lot else going on with religion for him. Uh, speaking of, actually, uh, but yeah, so putting a pin in, 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 in that question, which we'll, we'll build up to an answer to that. Uh, for me, it's line 383. It's like a, 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 an interesting little exchange. He's talking about the, the um, or I'll, I'll start at 380. Uh, they could hear the, like, uh, or at least Stephen can hear the, you know, it's about the old person, what, what he can hear. Um, but yeah, they can, they're, they're kind of like, uh, in the background, there's the noise of the kids playing hockey. And DZ says, the ways of the creator are not our ways. All human history moves towards one great goal, the manifestation of God. Stephen jerks his thumb towards the window where the kids are playing, saying, that is God. Uh, Hooray, hey, <laughs> what? Mr. DZ asked, a shout in the street. Um, that is a telling little little moment, a telling little uh, daedalism, is daedalism uh, saying God is a shout in the street, is kind of uh, noise interrupting your afternoon. <laughs> impersonal noise outside um yeah we'll just 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 uh highlight that interaction okay yeah that was a very interesting thing i underlined it too and um yeah you remember what i was saying about like just saying cryptic shit while this guy goes off on his own (laughs) it's like yeah uh Stephen is also like if you're gonna say boring shit to me, I'm gonna say shit you don't care about back. <laughs> it's a very fair way of dealing with old people who want to give advice. <laughs> yeah, these two do not mix. That is for sure. Uh, I don't think <laughs> no. I don't think Mr. DZ knows what the hell he's talking about, which I don't either. But like you said, um, yeah, a very. I can't tell if Stephen is stringent, like you know, 
or just, yeah, there's definitely like a a stringency about him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's he's very I mean, intense. He's, uh, he's a non-believing Jesuit, mm-hmm. as you say, as as he's called or whatever. Right. Yeah, so he, Mr. DZ isn't satisfied with his previous Jewish, like, rant, so he comes back out and he has a joke, which yeah. isn't funny. Are you, like, remember the joke, or... Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's so awkward. Um, like, okay. <laughs> uh, I just wanted... He, like, runs after him, which must be hard for this uh, gartered 80-year-old man. Um, I just wanted to say, he said, Ireland, they say, has the honor of being the only country which has which never persecuted the Jews. Do you know that? No. And do you know why? He frowned sternly on the bright air. Why, sir? Stephen asked, beginning to smile. Because she never let them in, Mr. Deasy said solemnly. A cough ball of laughter leaped from his throat, dragging after it a rattling chain of phlegm. He turned quickly coughing, laughing, his lifted arms waving in the air. She never let them in, he cried again through his laughter, or, yeah, through his laughter as he stamped on gaitered feet over the gravel of the path. That's why. Cool. <laughs> cool joke, man. <laughs> on his wise shoulders, that kind of bathic use of wise, uh, but which was uh, wise was 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 definitely applied to wise old Nestor and, and Ulysses. On his wise shoulders, through the checkerwork of leaves, the sun flung spangles, dancing coins. The kind of like little, I imagine, you know, just like the little like circular, like in between leaves, they'll just be like you know little right. circular patches of light. Um, that's 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 what I imagine. The sun flung spangles, the dancing coins. Yeah, that was um, a good That time. is his world. That is his milieu. Um, the natural world, the, the you know natural world of you know just like the trees around him, conforming even to his materialistic concerns. Uh, I don't know. I mean, does Mister DZ does he play a role in the book bigger than this? Do you remember? Uh, not really. Okay. Um, so some of the stuff that was talked well, about here will come back, but in terms of the Odyssey, yeah, that... you know, your explanation last week about the episodes and about the fact that this is kind of the the introduction to the beginning before the Odyssey yeah. really begins. Before um, the real Odyssey, before we meet Odysseus. Okay. Yeah, that really helped me um, understand the beginning of this. Better. Yeah, it's almost a prologue, or like like Gilbert says, it's it's like a connection between Portrait of the Artist and the beginning of the real Odyssey. Because okay. this kind of feels like Chapter Six of Portrait of the Artist, right? Doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does because we're so used to Stephen. Uh, it's going to be weird when I leave Stephen right. behind and meet Leopold. That's yeah, but it'll be welcome. It's fun to hang out with Leopold. Good. Leopold's a mensch. He's a good guy. <laughs> okay. He's like a comprehensively just like tolerant person. Good. Cool. Well, that's the end of that episode. One of the one of the like a hero, a hero of literature, just by being a nice guy. <laughs>
Yeah, there's nothing else to say about it.